Hello, I'm Dr. Adam Splaver, and this is the Warrior Health Podcast. This week, I'm going to continue talking to you about that journey that I had undertaken over the past number of years. That journey actually has left uh, a scar, a hole, a mark on my life, something that I never imagined would even be a consideration, something even possible, uh, because it was utterly life-altering. You see, I got married uh, 22 years ago to a wonderful, amazing, incredible woman who uh, I anticipated growing old, spending the rest of my life with, traveling the world, and having grandkids. Unfortunately, that plan uh, took a little bit of a detour back on election day of 2012 when, uh, while at work, I got a phone call from my in-laws telling me that my wife was found unresponsive and that she was being brought in by 911. And of course, me being who I am, I dropped what I was doing, I left my office, I ran down to the emergency room bay and waited for her ambulance to arrive. And when she came and was lifeless and was really unresponsive and was thrown through that CAT scanner to see what was going on, I was completely and utterly devastated to see that she had a hemorrhagic stroke, a bleeding stroke. She basically bled into her brain from a tumor that we had absolutely no idea that was there. That tumor basically changed the course of my life. That tumor had uprooted everything I dreamed, hoped for, and expected to be living, especially with this woman who I love so dearly. And I remember very clearly when we got the information back and the specialists all marched through, everyone pretty much said the same thing. This is bad. Get your things in order. She's probably going to die within the next several weeks. And... Of course, me being a very stubborn, very persistent, and very driven individual, I took that as hell no. We're going on. And what we were given originally as weeks morphed into months, which changed into years. All because I firmly believe that we had a little bit more going for us than just the traditional medicine. Now, don't get me wrong. Medicine nowadays has made such amazing advances, incredible leaps, such incredible breakthroughs from curing different types of cancer to treating various diseases out there. But it only goes so far. And I think that a very big ingredient in this this whole process, an ingredient in this this, uh, recipe, as you would, also entails the use of other modalities such as diet and exercise and nutritional supplements, not to mention spirituality and energy work. I think all these these uh, modalities have something to offer, have something to add to the, the bounty that we have within our medical knowledge. Um, and as such, we, we got from her, we got about five five plus years out of what was originally just weeks. Um, I guess being a doctor, it's um, a little bit humbling when a loved one, when your wife, when a family member becomes ill and you're powerless. 
you really can't do anything. I mean, you, you just, you stand there, you scratch your head and you're thinking, oh, oh crap, what am I going to be able to do? I can't, I can't do anything. I, you know, here I was the savior of, of so many patients, the, the Superman, as you will, of my community. And I was completely and utterly powerless in helping my wife. At least so I thought. But I can tell you honestly, the fact that we did pursue those alternative therapies like nutritional supplements, like the energy work, like the meditation, like the positive attitude, I think made a huge, huge difference in the quality and length of her life. Uh, you know, we made a conscious decision because we knew she was going to die. This, this type of tumor is probably one of the most malignant tumors out there when it comes to brain tumors. Um, and we knew that eventually this, this was going to be game over. But it was our attitude. It was our attitude that was a celebration of what we had had. We have four children. Um, it was an attitude of sucking the marrow out of life of taking each day and just enjoying it by either going out or traveling or just having fun together or as a family. It was um, an incredible journey, an incredible voyage that to this day I'm very thankful I had because it taught me a number of valuable, valuable lessons but has left a huge hole in my life, has left a void. I mean, you, uh, you have to understand this is the person that knew me better than anyone else on the face of the earth and she's gone. So for me, the loss of my wife was the ultimate in tragedies. You see, many times I'll wake up at three or four o'clock in the morning only to realize that she's gone, never to come back. And for me, someone in the prime of his life, missing his queen is a major, major, major kick in the, in the pants. Not a moment goes by that I don't think of her, her face, her smile. I want to see her walk, her poise, her grace. To see the look in her eyes and know exactly what she was thinking. And to experience those tender moments and just be. It's been very hard. It's been very, very difficult. And although I do have with me four amazing kids that remind me every day of her, they still need a love and attention, perseverance as well as guidance. And I'm the only one really poised to provide that. And for me, this is an extraordinarily bitter pill to swallow. With all this, it's forced me to reevaluate life and look at the big picture as who I am as a cardiologist, as a father, as a member and a leader in my community, and someone who's in the public eye. It's given me perspective in terms of healthcare being a lot more than what we provide in the office. It's a lot more than that bottle of pills that you get filled at the pharmacy. It's about quality of life. It's about attitude. Supplements, nutritional status, activity, as well as sleep. Because at the end of the day, if you don't have quality of life, your quantity is worthless. I don't ever, ever, ever want to be someone who's 
100 years old in a nursing home who's completely and utterly demented, gorked out and contracted in a bed with absolutely no quality of life. Because for me, that would be absolute and utter torture. Now, before I go on, I just wanted to give you a little disclaimer that the methodology, the techniques, the supplements, all the things that we're going to discuss that deal with healthcare are for educational purposes only. This is not uh, for you to diagnose or treat any medical condition. And that before you embark on any of these uh, methodologies that I uh, discuss, you need to really talk to your healthcare provider, your doctor, your nurse practitioner, someone who actually understands your entire health, uh, health situation uh, and implement a, a plan appropriately. That being said, I'm going to give you some examples. Today, I'm going to give you an example, specifically um, adjunctive therapies, not therapies to supplant, not therapies to get rid of your medications, because medications actually do an amazing thing and help control certain disease states and actually maybe even cure them. But there are certain things that you can do to help alleviate or improve the control or improve the quality of life when, when you have, for example, let's, let's look at blood pressure. Let's look at blood pressure. Um, blood pressure, it's, it's very interesting. You, you know, we, we as Americans have seen a rise in blood pressure over the year and, and everyone thought maybe it had to do something with, with uh, our diet. Um, and in essence, it probably has a lot to do more with lifestyle than, than anything else. Uh, there are certain medical conditions that predispose one to have blood pressure problems. And those, uh, those need to be fleshed out and looked into with your, your doctor. Um, but for the most part, the reason why probably most Americans nowadays have blood pressure problems is because their lifestyle is, is, is contributing to that. Specifically, um, you may not be fully aware that exercise, moderate exercise, we're not talking about exercise um, where you have to train for a marathon or for an Ironman or something along those lines, but rather a moderate amount of exercise, maybe three, four times a week of, of good cardio and a little bit of weightlifting uh, may help you lower your systolic blood pressure, that top number on your, your blood pressure, by 20 points. I'm 20 points, that's a huge drop if, if you can actually achieve it by, by incorporating exercise into your regimen. And again, I caution you before you start running out and doing you know exercise that you've never done before you need to clear this with your doctor make sure you're medically fit to even embark on that type of program but if you're, you're able to and incorporate you know an exercise regimen into your daily routine then hey would you rather do that or would you rather take a pill which you know it's a foreign substance it's a chemical um, and it has its own side effects uh, so I you know I, I put that in that ball in the, in, in the court of, of, of my patient I give them that that you know, that option, that alternative therapy. Um, because exercise not only doesn't improve your blood pressure, it improves another a number of indices, improves glycemic control, which is your sugar control, improves uh, quality of sleep, it improves mood. I mean, it improves many different things. So I'm a very big fan of exercise. And again, I'm not talking about doing something wild and crazy. I'm talking about moderate exercise like walking or biking or running or rowing or swimming. Things that are, you know, not are relatively gentle. And we're talking about at most you know, getting in a half an hour, three to five times a week. And I tell my patients as follows, that if you are a non-exerciser, if you're someone who doesn't exercise at this time, it's, it's important that you start looking at exercise uh, and your exercise time as an appointment that you must keep. So, for example, we all have appointments. We have the appointments to go to the doctor. We have appointments to take your car in. Uh, many people have uh, appointments to go to their beautician or get their nails done. Uh, but we all have appointments, and and we have to start looking at our exercise regimen as an appointment uh, in, in in 
in, in your health, uh, a, an investment in your health. And if you don't keep your appointment with exercise, then guess what? Exercise really is going to be pissed off at you. And that's the way you have to look at it. And I tell my patients as follows. Make an appointment to exercise maybe one to two times a week. If you're not exercising right now, one to two times a week, 15 to 20 minutes, put it on the calendar. You cannot miss it. It's non-negotiable. You must show up for that appointment. And do that for a month. One to two times a week, do it for a month for 15 to 20 minutes. And at the end of that month, then increase the amount of time that you're in the gym or increase the number of times that you're in the gym per week or increase the number of times that you're exercising per week. Because at the end of the day, if, if you, you really think about it and you look at, at the data, small changes are the ones that stick. You know, everyone has done these crash diets where they only eat, like, for example, grapefruit, or they only eat eggs, or they only eat, you know, low carb. You know, people have done it, and people lose weight. In fact, actually, they've done data, they've done research, and they've shown that all those diets work, but the problem is, is they don't work long term. And that's because a lot of these diets are, are really drastic changes to the norm. So when you get to the nitty gritty of it, if you make small changes, those changes are actually the ones that stick. They become integrated, woven into the fabric of your life, so that way you can actually incorporate it and actually carry it on for, for quite some time. Um, so getting back to the topic, though, exercise itself is an awesome way to lower blood pressure, again, with the clearance of your doctor. Other things that you have to consider when you're thinking of blood pressure lowering, not only your medications are important, but also, believe it or not, sleep. Sleep is extremely important in exercise, in, in blood pressure lowering. If you don't get quality of sleep every night, then your blood pressure will slowly creep up and rise. And the interesting thing is, is it's not only about the amount of time that you're in bed, but it's also the quality of sleep that you're getting. So, for example, if you're not getting seven to eight hours of sleep every night, um, then you may be having some issues, uh, not only with blood pressure, but other heart issues go along with, with, uh, with lack of sleep. Um, also... Um, patients who have what we call obstructive sleep apnea, basically patients who obstruct their airway while they're sleeping, they are at risk for having blood pressure problems as well as heart rhythm problems as well, um, not to mention other cardiac issues. So again, sleep, and it's, highly, it's been highly underrated, is extremely, extremely important in regulating blood pressure, re regulating hormones, regulating you know many bodily functions, and it, it needs to be regarded and, and, and protected. Each and every one of us can't just skip you know, X amount of hours per week in our, our sleep cycle because it, the amount of detriment, the amount of harm that it does to our overall health can be quite devastating. Um, so that's another thing that one can use specifically uh, to lower blood pressure. Um, th then also, believe it or not, there are, um, there are other things that we have in our, our lifestyle that affect our sleep cycle. For example, caffeine uh, and the amount of coffee we take in every day. Obviously, if you're drinking a lot of coffee and especially closer to your sleep time, this is going to disrupt your sleep cycle. Alcohol. Alcohol will, will, will disrupt your sleep cycle. You know, yes, people may fall asleep while they're drinking, but it actually disrupts the, the actual pattern of sleep. You see, sleep is not exactly um, a, you know, a state of on or off, that you're in sleep or not in sleep. It's actually a series of, of, of cycles that, that go on while you're sleeping. There's, there's different types of brain waves that occur at different, different times. And without having that proper cycling, you're, you're going to have issues with blood pressure. So again, um, alcohol affects your sleep, caffeine affects your sleep, other lifestyle, uh, uh, drugs, uh, can do it like, uh, co uh cocaine, uh, not to mention other, um, speed, all these things can affect your, your sleep cycle and also your blood pressure. So if you're able to um, cut out these things from your lifestyle, again, this, this will positively in fact impact your, 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 uh, your blood pressure. There is, interestingly enough, 
a small subset of patients that uh, have uh, an issue that can help with their blood pressure. Uh, specifically, there's a small subset of patients who have a vitamin D deficiency, have a low vitamin D. And when you correct it, lo and behold, voila, their blood pressures are improved. So um, if you have a vitamin D deficiency and you're having blood pressure problems, maybe try supplementing your vitamin D with the guidance of your doctor and uh, see if maybe that'll help your, your blood pressure. Um, also dehydration, uh, not having uh, good hydration will affect your blood pressure. All these things will have a very, very, very um, negative impact if, if you don't address them, uh, but can actually be positive and actually help you control your blood pressure uh, much better. And lifestyle is a very, very big part of that, not to mention maintaining a healthy weight. All too often we see people walking around with extra pounds on. Um, and that has to do with not only the fact that we're, we're more, more sedentary, but also because the diet uh, has, our diet has changed over the years and uh, basically incorporate a lot more carbohydrates, a lot more sugars into our diet, uh, which is basically, and on those extra pounds, losing some weight will actually improve your blood pressure. Think about it. If you lose 20 pounds, you may be able to get off certain medicines. So, um, so that's, that's actually a big driving force. Um, you know, the, 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 the question really is, what, what can you do? And the bottom line is, is if you can make a lot of these small changes in your life, you can actually make major impacts. Um, not that there's anything wrong with taking prescriptions. I think prescriptions have their, their place, and I think that they're, they're important. But again, if you can make small lifestyle changes, you can actually make bigger, bigger, um, you know, bigger improvements in, in, in your life. Um, so that's really about it. That's really what I wanted to talk about today, to speak to you about how we can make lifestyle changes to positively improve our life. I told you about my, my, my family situation with my wife. And um, next week, I want to talk to you more about um, more about healthcare. Specifically, I'm going to talk to you about diabetes, about sugar control, uh, diabetes type 2, adult onset diabetes. And I look forward to walking down with you on this path of health and wellness. And thank you again for joining me in this broadcast of the Warrior Health Podcast. 